This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Hey, It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to A's Cast Live. It's another a special edition from the Treehouse. Why are we in the Treehouse? It's Friday. It's happy hour. So at 4.30, you're going to be able to come in here to the Treehouse, drink specials. It's a party, prize giveaways. We're going to have a Oakland A show up. Uh, all that is going to be happening here in the Treehouse. Eno Saris, national baseball columnist, is here for his weekly hit, brought to you by Fieldwork Brewing. How is Fieldwork doing? Doing great, doing great. About to open up that uh, location in San Leandro, which would be cool for A's fans, I think. Do we have his fancy open there, Karate Kid? The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. I'm thinking right there, Christmas present. Ooh, box of beer. Yeah, See, I'm always, you know, because the problem as we get older and let's say, like my wife will always say, you're shopping for your brother. So I got to figure <laughs> out, okay, you know, I, how do I, uh, can you turn me, here, let me and see. You got, and you got to keep, like, you got to keep shopping. For yeah. You. <laughs> you Which one is me here? Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, what am I going to get him? I mean, he's a golf pro. He's got everything. That, all our hobbies. It's always all our hobbies. Yeah, right? like, what am I going to get him? But I got him golf stuff last, last year. <laughs> I've gotten him everything. I've got him Pebble Beach stuff. Like, he doesn't want any of that stuff anymore. So <laughs> what I did one year was I got him a tequila subscription. So every, I think it was like twice a month, a new bottle of, to, two wow. times a month, a bottle of tequila showed up. And he probably loved that. Loved it. it was yeah. Best gift, <laughs> best gift I ever. I've gotten him all kinds of stuff. Like I bought him the smoker. He never even used it. Uh, the tequila, he used it. So I'm yeah. thinking field work. A box of field work. There if you they're go. gonna deliver, isn't it a great idea? Get like the subscriptions. Oh, give it field to, work. If you could put a bow on it for us, that'd be great. 
Isn't that money? Yeah. Wouldn't you love that as a like, like every single month, like all of a sudden a box of beer shows up. This is it's Christmas every week. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing as we're coming down the stretch? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, a lot of uh, interesting storylines as we get here to the last couple of weeks. No doubt. And we're going to have Mark Kotze coming up here at five o'clock. Mark Canna. What time are we playing Mark Canna? Is that at four thirty? Yes. I already taped Mark Canna earlier today. Right next to the uh, right next to the dugout. I talked a little food with him in the in the clubhouse. I got to tell you, it it was not like overly emotional, but it was emotional because you know we have known each other now for a long time. Uh, I live in the area that he grew up in in San Jose, so I run into a lot of people that have known Mark since he was a a little kid, and we were talking about that. And I told him about how you know you guys are the last of the group. You kind of get sad, you know, the season's wrapping up. And, and actually, as I was doing the interview with Mark Hanna, Chris Bassett walks by, and I put out the uh, – uh, I put out – we fist pump. as we, I know he's starting pitcher, so you're not going to talk to him. But, but he came down to talk to people. He was hugging Sean Murphy and Vimal uh. Machine, and then he walked by as I'm doing the interview. We fist pump because I knew Bassett real well, too. And, uh, yeah. It's kind of sad it to is, see him here. It is sad. It's it's also a unique experience for me as a national writer to like they get they go into all the other clubhouses. So almost every clubhouse I go into, there's like a former A that I can be. Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> That's strange. Yeah, it is. I think uh, it's bittersweet though because they'll always have the memory of this time that was here, um, and they are for the most part on these you know teams that are doing well. And like for example, the. You know the Mets are in town this weekend, and they've they're in the fight for their for the division and in kind of their life because there's a really big divi- difference between winning the division uh, and winning the wild card. So you get the Braves hot on their feet, and they're going to have a series, the Mets and the Braves, uh, next weekend. Uh, the three of them, and they they both want to be. You know the Braves want to want to be ahead or want to be tied with them going into that series, and the Mets want to get as clear as possible uh, so they can you know lose one of those games and still be fine. So. Uh, you know the the they're coming in here to win and they have to be, they have to be concentrating on that. Uh, but of course they, they they find themselves in their old confines and kind of uh, reminiscing back on the the times that they used to have here. If you are the New York Mets and you've got Bassett, Degrom, and Scherzer going, you have to sweep. I mean you, you're in that point where the Braves are not going away. You still have the series next weekend against the Braves. As you said, you're not catching the Dodgers, but you want that home field. You want that buy. The games like this are kind of must-wins in my book. I mean, you've got to get the – because who knows what's going to happen because that series is in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't know how that's going to go. You need to get these victories. So, it's a fun week, and I think for the A's players, especially all these young guys, this is what you dreamed about, right? Scherzer, DeGrom. To face the best in yeah, the game, well, this is like you, you grew up. Marcotte was talking about that, and uh, you know, in the in the pregame, and it's really interesting to think about all these guys they've been calling up who are auditioning for spots, basically, and how much how much better can you, what better of an impression can you leave on your front office and your manager than doing something good off of Max Scherzer or doing something good off of, uh, you know, these this trio of pitchers that's coming into town, so. Uh, you know, uh, it's going to be – it's a big weekend. This is the time of year – because of a thing called, like, recency bias, you know, even if we try to, like, not think about what just happened the most, we always do as human beings. We always remember what just happened better. And so, you know, these young players are trying to, you know, trying to audition for the A's next year. 
you know, it's really important for them to, to do well down the stretch. I'm going to write this number down because this number was really a magical number in our sport. And are we connected, my friend, Ray? We having trouble? We are live on iHeart and, of course, A's cast, but we are having some video issues. So no YouTube and Twitter as of now. Okay. So then I'm not going to show the number. Uh, 60 is a magical number in our sport. And I, talking to you before we came on and then listening to Brian Kenny and his crew on MLB Now today, a show that you're on, now, you're mm-hmm. on all the time, I think I'm a tweener because – the guys on his show, like a Jason Stark, Brian Kenny, and Joel Sherman, are much older than I am. You're much younger than I am. I'm like in between you guys. So I think the way I'm looking at it now, and I'm, I'm really pulling this out of, out of thin air here because I just thought about that as getting ready for this. The magic number 60 that was held for so long by Babe Ruth, that really was one of the number one numbers in sports. You think of like Wilt Chamberlain's 100, uh, Babe Ruth's 60, you know, these round numbers. And then Roger Maris getting 61 was such a big deal. So where I mean, where, why am I a tweener? Well, I kind of see where the old guys are, where they're kind of pissed about the steroid era because it threw the game's records out of whack. That four or five-year period where McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds made 60 look like a joke, and we haven't seen it since. And we had never seen it before other than Ruth and Maris. And then there's a younger generation that's kind of get over it. I loved it. It was great. I did Because you said to me, I was a Bonds guy. I watched it. I loved it. I was a kid. I was, I, I was a kid, a high school and college kid. Like, I, I was here. I came out to college here when Bonds was doing all that. Like, I was in college, 9701. Like, like, I was going to all those games. I saw all those, those like, record-breaking homers and – he was uh, the best player I'd ever seen in my life, and I don't think I can erase that. You know, I know. I know everything that everyone's saying. I know. I know. And I, and I also wouldn't want – I have kids now, and I wouldn't want to tell my kids, like, this is the way to be. Drugs like, cheat, are okay. Yeah, cheat, <laughs> cheat to win, you know. See, that's like, where I could just be, are you saying drugs are okay? Yeah, yeah right. I don't, I, I, and I don't. I, I, I'm not saying that. But at the same time, it's – irrevocably there like I I still remember it you know I was there and it was so it happened it was so exciting too like it was fun man it was fun and in a way that that, the judge almost doesn't have judge is gonna win this home run race by more than it has ever been won you know like like Ruth is the only guy that's had the disparity between him and the other guy yeah but made that so exciting was there was it wasn't just Bonds it was it was McGuire and Sosa, and so it was like every night there was a different team to like check out the highlights for, and every night they were pushing each other, and they were just pushing and pushing and pushing, and I mean that was. Uh, that but was there's right and there's wrong, and in the end, it was wrong, and that is where our sport has trouble, because yeah. I can like. I can hear Vince Catronio. He's back there. It's in the record books. And I've had Mike Farron. It's in the record books. And that's where I joke. It's like, oh, it's like Moses came down with the Ten Commandments, and behind him was the baseball record books, <laughs> and they could never be changed, <laughs> which is a load of crap, right? I mean, we can change. We've changed the laws. I said to you. I mean, you can get really serious and go. Remember, women couldn't vote. I mean, mm-hmm. we've changed things in this country. We have righted wrongs, so baseball could right wrongs. It's a tough call, but I think I, that with the the line that I would like is I would I would actually like him 
it would make more sense for me if he was a Hall of Famer and his record was and the, the, he he lost the home run record. Like because to me the Hall of Fame is a museum, Correct. right? And so he should be in there because it's just a museum of what happened. However, the record book and also you know championships and things like that, those are you know if they were gotten by ill-begotten means, they can be expunged. I mean, other sports do it. You brought up the the college, and I've thought about that to where as much as people have hated it, and I'm going to say it. The NCAA, and I've had my I've had my own personal dispute back in in, in playing at San Jose State. I had an issue with the NCAA, but um, they had the balls to do something about taking away national championships. They have. They've taken away. They've taken stuff from people. Like, and they're like, we accomplished it. They went, oh, that's great. Whoop, you're out of the record books. We're taking back. You know, we. You know, they can. Reggie Bush doesn't have his Heisman. I mean, there's there's things that have happened in college sports that they I. It just, for me, I still want to think what's happened is really special. Aaron Judge is truly having one of the greatest years we have ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to, to just, uh, you, but you can't erase what, what Barry did because even if you do erase it out of the record books, it's not, it still happened. We're still going to remember it, you know, and there's still going to be records that are kept, you know, like yeah. there might be an official record book where he's out, but if you go on Baseball Reference or Fangraphs, they might decide to leave it up there, you know. Uh, so, you know, I just think um, – uh, it's it it's hard sometimes it, maybe it doesn't have to be a debate though maybe we can just uh, appreciate judge's season because it is otherworldly and what i love about it too is that he's doing it not in the juice ball era like the juice ball era is kind of officially over because they deadened the ball is this the humidor era this is the humidor era yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so he's doing it at a time when you know 60 is uh really uh, above and beyond i mean second place has 40 so I, I, I think, uh, you know, and th- I think it also is relevant to the Otani debate when it comes to Otani for MVP. I think that, you know, wins above replacement does do give us a good job of like, uh, does do a good job of adding, you know, what Otani does on the offensive side with what he does on the pitching side. Um, and, you know, he, he's having a really good season. I think he can win the MVP in other years. But when you look at what uh, Judge is doing, he's doing, he's above and beyond that. He's having actually one of the top 25 seasons of all time in all of history. And there are a few seasons above it that have asterisks. The people who are Otani people totally understand. And um, I find it when people say, we've never seen this before. Yeah, we have. We saw it last year. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm tired of hearing I haven't seen this before. I saw it last year. It's like, it's like when I get my – here's you'll, you'll like this analogy. If I have a Christmas gift, right, I get that Christmas gift that's so special – well, when I play with that same toy next Christmas, I've already had it before, <laughs> right? This is, I mean, I, I already got, I, the Christmas has already happened with Otani yeah. last year. It's still special, but yeah. I have seen it already. And what's funny is we've seen that uh, play out with Mike Trout and Willie Mays where they had amazing seasons after their first initial, uh, you know, a couple of amazing seasons and lost the MVP to people that maybe weren't even as good. Because people were like, yeah, yeah, I know, Willie Mays, he's really good. But this guy's the MVP this year, all right? We saw Willie Mays. He did that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know? We saw Mike Trout. Yeah, yeah, Mike Trout is really good. He's probably the best player in baseball. But this year, the MVP goes to this guy. <laughs> and I wonder, and I don't know how to do this. I, I don't even know if you will. But if we take pro Otani people, I would like to see what their record was in the past on pitchers being up for MVP. Because there's a lot of people that think – Pitchers should never 
Sorry, Dennis Eckersley. That, that pitcher should never be the MVP. And if you were on that side, kind of hard for you now to be on this side to say, well, Otani should be because he also pitches. But wait a minute, you said in the past that because a lot of – I would say 80%. There's a lot of people in this game who do not think pitchers should be up for the MVP. Yeah, and my retort to that normally is, uh, you know, if you look at how many batters a starting pitcher affects, like how many plate appearances he affects over the course of the season, it is about the same as a hitter. However, uh, that doesn't – he doesn't have the same amount of fielding. Uh, you know, as a as a as a as a position player, and there is a difference between posting up every day and doing it every five days. There just is a difference. If you get four days off, it's a lot easier to be good on the fifth day. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I use I I say this, and it's keep it simple, right? Do you realize how many hundreds of innings Otani doesn't play? <laughs> and when you say that to people, they go, "Huh, I never thought of it that way." And that's the problem with being a DH, is. If a game, our game's three hours and seven minutes, your at-bats are probably less than seven minutes. So the other three hours of the game, you're not even a part of it, and that's the problem when you don't play defense. And the thing about Otani is he could. He's such a great athlete. He really could. It would be so interesting to see him play, I don't know, we're worried about his arm and play first. I I would love fatigue, a vote. Fatigue is how injuries happen, though, and you just you'd think this guy would fatigue so fast. But he's so fast. I think you know at, at least early on he could be a center fielder. I mean, I think he's that good. I mean, oh you no, think about how fast he is. Yeah, he he is he's long. He's tall. He I, he, I mean, he's he's a great athlete. Yeah. He's an unbelievable athlete. Uh, you've written a piece on rule changes the rule changes enjoy your shifting now baby because it's out of here mm -hmm. you love shifting see ya it's out of here you got a few more games but you did the rules you don't think it's going to change as much as well, we think it is the you know i think on a player to player level we won't see that much change i looked at it and i said like matt olson for example is uh he's a guy who hits it up the middle where the shortstop's not going to be anymore right the up the middle on the first base side uh, and so that's worth maybe eight more hits to him, uh, given you know uh, what he what what his tendencies were this year uh, and what he could do next year. So uh, that's worth eight hits. He also hits a lot to where the second baseman is, and that could be worth another three to four hits. So for Matt Olson, you're talking about ten hits, which is not even ten points of batting average, right? So I think on a player to player level, it's not going to mean that much. However, if you add up three to five to ten hits per player. It's a lot uh, it's of a lot. hits. It's going to be a lot of hits for the game. That's a lot of balls in play. Which is what we wanted. But um, I was also surprised when I went on to pitcher pace uh, that I found that um, even though we've shown in the past that slower pitchers throw harder um, and that it makes sense in your head to say it's like weightlifting. If I wait longer between reps, I can, I can do bigger weight. You know, I can throw harder. Um, that's true. However, I looked at pitchers that had changed pace from year to year, and there was no change in their fastball velo. So I don't think that we'll see fastball velo go down for most of these pitchers. We, they may be uncomfortable. There may be a, a, a ramification for the running game because there's rules about how many times you can throw over to first. And there's gonna be, it's going to change the way the game looks. And I like you know, I like it you know, the faster games. I've, I've enjoyed those at, at San Jose. But uh, in terms of reducing velo, I'm not sure it'll do that. We're just going to have to wait and see on that. Very much so. I'll, I'll give you a case in point the other night. What, what's the Giants closer's name? Camilo Duvall. Duvall. Watching the game, they had a rain delay. He is slow, I think. Right? 
It's Monday Night Football. It's after Monday Night Football. It's the second game, Monday Night Football. I can't remember. What was the Monday Night Football games? It was the Bills and – Bills, Titans, and Vikings-Eagles. Vikings-Eagles. So it's after that game. We're watching the Giants game. We're at our favorite uh, rookies sports lodge in San Jose. And he comes on. It's been a rain delay game. No one in the stands. Two, two teams stink. Yeah. They stink. And, and he's walking around the mound. And I'm like, and there's no sound, right, because the, the, it's now in the football post game, and I'm watching it, and I'm saying to the guys, watch, this guy is clearly taking over 30 seconds. <laughs> he was getting the ball, rubbing the ball up, walking around, getting on the mound. He'd spit, look towards the dugout, looking around, and it's got to be after 20 seconds, then getting in it. It was, It's like, bro. Hurry. The the, I mean, <laughs> he was in no, and that end of the game, Giants would end up, Giants would tie it. I don't remember that. But all I remember is watch that going, he's the problem. Mm-hmm. He's the exact end of the game, two teams, doesn't matter anymore, and nobody it, in the stands, and he's taking nearly 40 seconds. The slowest, the slowest pitchers are relievers. It will matter the most to relievers. Um, and it'll be interesting. I, I think that one thing that that does that does suck the life out of a game is pitching changes and then relievers coming in being slow. It really does because that's supposed to be the most exciting part of the game, right? You're getting to the seventh and eighth and ninth innings, right? You're supposed to be like on the edge of your seat, like this game could go either way. And then uh, the guy comes in, and it used to be worse when they didn't even have the three batter rule. Oh, oh, he came out for one guy. Remember September when they had all the pitchers were up? Oh, it was the worst. And then you'd have like the Brewers were the worst at this with you know they'd have a guy pitch to one guy they come back out and then they're all like slow pitchers too so the game would just add an extra half hour for like an inning or two um and i think uh i think i think we're on the right track when it comes to that i i think you know i do want to speed the game up in that way you know when i i think about the winter meetings we'll be there in san diego brought to you by Fieldwork brewing by the way he and osiris with ace cast live in san diego that's right the game is legislating against the front offices. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on here. Or the, trying to change the incentive system so that the front offices work differently, yeah. Do you think we'll talk to – because we, we end up talking to all the front office guys. I'm going to ask them all, how do you feel about that, that baseball is trying to change They're what you've you. done, right? Yeah. You've paid a lot of money for that shifting information. You've spent – whether you've bought the numbers from a think tank or you've paid people to get to your numbers you've you've invested time and money and we're taking that like how do you feel how do you my, think how do you think they feel my preview for this is because you know i have friends in the front offices analytics and and, and and the way that i think that this works is you know i've got uh two i've got two sons the older son uh plays the games by the rules and uh and you know wins or loses and he's fine with it the younger son cannot lose just does not want to lose and will change the rules no matter what to win right and what we all say to him is dude just tell us what the rules are and we'll win and i think that's what front offices are like tell us what the rules are we'll win you know sometimes sometimes they might bend there was this guy that uh, used to have a football team here the hall of famer al davis said just win baby so there was a <laughs> thing win, with, with, with with rules and no one seemed What's to care the baseball but, saying is uh, if you ain't if you ain't cheating you ain't trying yeah that's uh but i gotta tell you the team that i'm rooting for now because we we did this on nbc who are you rooting for i'm rooting for the guardians 
Yeah. And because they make a ton of contact. You ready for the contact that they make? And they lead baseball. Majors contact percentage 80.9. And they lead in sack flies. But uh, their offense also went in the tank for a full month. It's okay. That's why they have pitching. Yes. They pitch. <laughs> and they have starters. And they have starters that just don't go five and dive. I, it, I've watched a, a fair amount of Guardians games, and it is exciting. It is exciting to see the, bounce, the ball bounce around. And it's not, it really is not the wait around for a walk, wait around for a homer. And uh, it, is, it is something worth watching. But on the, on the pitching side, they are using shifts. They are using all of the analytics and, you know, whatever they can. And some of them might be using some sticky stuff uh, <laughs> uh, to, to, to suppress runs. So they are, they are a very analytical team. I think that they just made a, 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 a they took a chance. They took a chance and they said we're gonna we're gonna build a team based on we're gonna have contact first. And some of them will build power like Jose Ramirez, and some will just be Stephen Kwan, which is still pretty exciting. I gotta tell you, if the sticky stuff, if you could say sticky stuff makes the games go faster, I would give you a bucket of it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a bucket. I go get a Home Depot bucket and I put it there. Dig your, put your whole hand in yeah. there, pull it out, slop it all over yourself. If that makes the game go faster, it does not, dude. Because it, it makes more pitches strikeouts. and strikeouts. Yeah, I know. I, strikeouts. I, I wish. Um, when it comes to the A's, can I be excited about the off season at all? Yeah, yeah, no, I think um, what's, what is exciting is that some of these rules, I think these new rules will uh, be good for the A's. Uh, the, the A's have a really long pitching staff. We've talked about this, the stable of pitchers that's coming up. And they're not going to be affected by the pitch clock at all. They have all at been, all. They've, been gr- they've grown up in it. They know, they, they're, they're, they know all about it. They've been, they've been pitching the minors with these rules. So um, I'll also think that on the offensive side, since they are so young, they are well-equipped to run. You know, they will have uh, uh, what I think is most interesting about, about running with the new bases. The bases are bigger, uh, and so the base paths are about five inches shorter. I think what's so interesting about it is not the top guys who take off all the time they can anyway, you know, but the kind of middle guys that are fast enough where the go-no-go no go line is going to change, you know, because it's five inches shorter. And so guys that maybe stole one or two or three bases now could jump all the way up to 10, 15, you know, because they're the, 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 the calculus, the math has totally changed. So, you know, I think that some of these guys that they've got coming up uh, will will be able to take 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 that and, and run with it. <laughs> let, let, let's end on this. And I, I would bet anybody I believe that this pickoff. It's just it's 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 like just to get the fire started. Right. Just a little kindling to get the fire started. And once it gets started, they'll immediately change the rule. They just need to kickstart this. I did. I did talk to you talking about the only you only have two you, throws. You over. can only throw over twice. I, I think. I think they're just going to get that going. I think there's going to be problems with it. I it's going to. They just. They, to they, a, they a need to get running this. going. Yeah. And once they get it going, they'll change it. One, I, I talked to a pitcher about this, and he said he just thought that the penalty was too high. Uh, the third time was you throw over. You either they they either get, get second him, or yeah. you get them right. Uh, and he was saying just giving people second base will devalue the stolen base in terms of entertainment value. Because if you just keep giving people second base, then it's it's not 
That's not stolen. That's not stealing bases. That's not fun. Just giving people second base. That's like more intentional walks, but on the base pass. Uh, you know? So like that's it, something it, that should be kicked so out of baseball. His idea. Walks. Maybe they'll do this in year two. I like this. Um, and I what I also like is just creating a culture of we can change the rules and then we'll play with them. And if what works works and what doesn't work doesn't work, we'll we'll move on. You know. Uh, well, his idea was it should be a ball if I throw over. So now there's like a different calculus, right? I've thrown yeah. over twice. If I throw over a third time, it's going to be an extra ball. Do I have the extra ball to do it? And that hitter, that, that guy on first doesn't be, think that like, oh, the next time he throws over, I just run. You know what I mean? Like it's more like, ooh, is he going to throw? Oh, it's three balls. He's not going to throw over. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit more. Games A little bit more cat and mouse. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if, that's the, if that's the year two of this rule, I also think what's interesting is you can actually have an outfielder sit where the second baseman does in the shift right now in that Correct. shallow right field. However, with the pitch clock, you uh, – you got not much time, right? So maybe when the guy's walking up, you say, oh, uh, we've, as the guy's walking up, throw that guy over in short right field. We won't have a left fielder. Well, now you've got an open left field. If the guy can get the ball over there at all, it's a double. You're giving That's up a lot more. Hey, and someone tried to throw that throw that at me. Swear to God. Someone tried to say, well, just, they could still do whatever boy, they yeah. want with the out. I said, you've always been able to do that. If you want to put three guys in right field, you can do that. Yeah. I'm fine. You can but do whatever you want. They haven't done a lot. They've done extreme four-man outfields for like but Joey Gallo. But it's always Gallo. infielders. Yeah. It's always infielders. Yeah. If you want to do, if you want to put three guys in right field in your outfield, <laughs> you can no one ever right said now. you couldn't yeah. do that. You can do whatever you want with your outfielders. We've said outfielders, you can play in left center, you can play in right center. We can do whatever the hell you want well, with your outfield. Think about this as a, as a potential future. I don't know if this is a horror escape for you or kind of fun. I think it's kind of fun. Ban the cards, the shift cards that tell them where to stand, right? Yeah. Then they have to start memorizing it, right? With, with, the, with the pitch clock, they might, it might be a little bit more like football, like get in the cover two, get over here. And then so you might, between pitches, have the outfielders sprinting around into new locations. I like that. that I think it would be fun. That, 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 that ups the athleticism needed to play the game. Now you can't just have, like, DHs out in left field. Yeah, because, like, you know, once you hit 10 seconds, yeah. the uh, – Sprint, you got to get over to left field. But and like, you, got the, you got the coach at the top step, left field, left field. Like you got that, the guy running out there. That that earpiece in the inner, in the uh, quarterback's helmet and for the earpiece in the defender, the one defender, the green helmet, uh-huh. it goes dead. That, uh-huh. that uh, coach cannot talk to you all the way up to the snap of the ball. There you go. It, it dies. So, so we, we could have cards. We could have coaches with cards. Be like, left, all left, right. left. <laughs> if it gives me, if we got that, if. Yes, confusion, running, play, athleticism, less standing around, waiting, no action. I like that. Can you imagine a outfielder at a position and the ball's where he's supposed to be and he's running after it. That's inside the park home runs. That's more triples. That's and the, the coach is red-faced yelling at him. And then after the game, he's got to answer. Like, why would you have your right fielder in left field? Now he's running he's like, back I thought, there. I thought this person was up and it was this other person. and Or I, I, I mismemorized my packages. I have no problem. I think that would be that would be actually that would be interesting. I think it would be fun. Well, this is great. I love doing this. Yes. We'll have it all the fun. way off in the offseason. Field work's going to bring you down to uh, the winter meetings in San Diego, and we're going to rock it in San Diego. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we should have a, a live thing at their San Leandro, uh, their San Leandro location I'm thinking soon. Uh, maybe world, if, if they're ready yeah, to rock. Postseason, I'm thinking yeah. world, world Series. Watch party. I'm down. Sit, you know, wait, wait for details. Time for happy hour. Can we have our ending, please?
The Eno Saris Show is sponsored by Fieldwork Brewing Company. With eight taproom locations in Northern California, Fieldwork brings you fresh craft beer direct from the source. Fieldwork will also ship beer direct to your door if you live in California. Visit fieldworkbrewing.com. Former Oakland Athletic, Mark Canna next, right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Five. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, I have to tell you, today was, it was emotional. It definitely was. And I didn't think it was going to be that way. I just thought, oh, man, I've known Mark Canna for years. He's a great guy, and uh, he's always been super good to us uh, with Ace Cast Live. And and it was just, it was, it was kind of tough. Because, you know, Mark was the longest tenured day at one point. He and Marcus Simeon. And, God, I forgot to tell him, Marcus, because I was telling him all the guys that have been on the show. I'm like, oh, yeah, Olsen, Chapman, we just had Liam, and I forgot to tell Marcus. But, you know, these guys, I mean, you talk about you only play for so long of your career, and the majority of it's in one spot. The spot means a lot, right? You know, his kids are born and raised going here. Mark Cannon's a Bay Area guy, grew up in San Jose, went to Bellarmine, Cal. I mean, this place, this is home for him. So he played at home, and it was uh, it was super special for his entire family. And it was great seeing him today. It was just, it was like, it was like the first time. It was like really, I was really bummed. I was like, wow. And then Bassett came walking by because Bassett was, even though he's, you know, Bass is, be, is being Bass. He was down there hugging people, and even though it's the day he starts, he's not one of those guys like, don't talk to me, I can't talk to anybody. That's not how Chris Bassett is. Chris Bassett was down. I saw him talking to Sean Murphy. He was down there talking to security guards. I mean, he's a real personable guy. So, yeah, it was not easy today. And you miss these guys because, you know, I've traveled with them. I've seen them. I've been to dinner. We, You know, you just you hate to see them be gone. 
it was a great time in A's baseball. A lot of playoffs, a lot of big games. They were a tight-knit group. Uh, as I said earlier today, they had a tech. They still have a text thread. They're all still on this one text thread, all these old A's players, and they're always texting each other. And he said, you know, the, the talk is everybody knows they're in a good spot, but they do miss it here. They love playing here. They loved each other. They loved Bob Melvin. They loved being Oakland A's. So with that all being said, here is my conversation with Mark Canna earlier today on the field. Well, it is great to see you. Great to have you back. I know it means a lot for you to come back, but just uh, catching up with you. How's the family? How's the kids? How, how are they growing? They're great. They're um, they're enjoying New York and and everything it has to offer, and um, they like cheering for the Mets and going to City Field. Oh, I bet. And things got to be great for you. The way you guys have been playing this year, just how much fun has it been? The adjustment to New York and how the Mets have been doing. It's been a lot of fun. It's um, very different than than the Bay Area and what I'm used to, and and that's kind of what. I wanted for myself and for my family was just a completely different uh, experience and a fun new experience and, and that's exactly what it's been and um, and I'm, I was lucky to land with a great organization that's been amazing for me. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize until you actually live it, you breathe it, and you play it every day, playing in a major market like New York, and with the Mets being so good, obviously with the Yankees there, just the difference of all the different places that you've played versus playing in New York. Yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's, it's. Um, I said when I signed I, I wanted a big stage, and, and um, just for myself, just to see if I could do it and to see if I could thrive under that um, – atmosphere and 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 i'm uh, i'm proud of the decision i made and i'm very happy with it i'm at peace with it and um of course i miss the bay area and it's great to be back but um but i'm but i'm loving this new chapter you know it happened i can't remember it was like a fox saturday game where you got mic'd up your dh in that day and i know you've done new york it's like you finally have gotten your true chance to show your personality <laughs> yeah yeah i i mean you know me. I, I like to let it all hang out, and um, and they. I think, you know, New York embraces that. I think they appreciate players showing who they are, and and they, you know, letting it all hang out. They love to see the the different personalities, and and they're very much fans of of the individuals as much as they are the team. You know, Chris Bassett just walked by. Obviously, he's pitching today, so we're not going to talk to him. We'll talk to him tomorrow. Did it help going with some A's? Marte, you, Sandy Alderson's already there. Did that help? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Sandy, the, my, I had a good relationship with Sandy from, from his time here. And um, that was one of the, the factors that brought me over there. And then... After I showed, you know, Marte signed shortly after me, and and then Bass came right before spring training, and um, it's been cool. It definitely made the transition a little bit uh, smooth, smoother. You know, one thing we've always talked about, what was so special about your time here, you know, you come here as a Rule 5 player, and next thing you look up, and you and Marcus are the longest tenured guys as A's players, 
And you're both Bay Area kids. You both went to Cal. You went to Bellarmine. You're from San Jose. That was a special time for you being a local product and with everybody that you grew up being around you. Absolutely. And and um, I, I cherish my time here. It was wonderful in every aspect. And coming back is great. It, it, I took the BART in today and just to get here a little bit early and... Um, I'm crossing that bridge, walking in the Coliseum, and I just couldn't get the smile off my face. It was just um, this place, playing here and playing for this organization was a special, special time in my life that, that I'll always have very fond memories of. Yeah, when you think of those fond memories, there was a lot of big games, and who have ever would have thought that you'd be playing center field for the A's in these huge games. And you think about your relationship with Bob Melvin and all those players. Obviously, it's all gone. Things have changed. But truly, what was it like walking in here and when you first walk out on the field? What were your first thoughts? It's just so funny to me that, like, how comfortable I am here. It just it feels like home, you know? Like, I've... I've I, when I came in, I walked through the home side and just went straight into the A's clubhouse and, and said hi to all the guys and just like, I miss it. You know, I, I, I love New York and I love my new team and, and everything, but the, I'll always uh, have a special place in my heart for, for Oakland and for, for this place. You know, it's um, there's just this comfortability, this, this uh I don't know, this intimacy that I, I just love about this place. Yeah, you're always going to be known as a great A. There's no question about that. But back to the Mets and what you're trying to do now. And it's tough because you've got the Braves right there. They, they're not going away. This is a stretch. Like, you got to win these games, and you've got a big battle coming up against the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, we got uh, coming down to the wire here. I think it's just going to be a grind till the absolute end, and, and it's – both teams know, you know, you got to fight tooth and nail for every game here so we can try to win this division. And um, that's what it, it's been that way for the past. We've been doing it for the past couple months. So it's it's been a, a grind and, and we're fighting every day, even though we've already clinched. But it, it doesn't feel like there's any sort of breathing room. You know, it's we got to fight till the end so we can win this division when you're playing behind like the next three guys when you're looking at bassett degrom scherzer do you ever sit back there and go my god our starting pitching yeah it's 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 pretty darn good uh, the other the other two are are no slackers either with uh taiwan walker and and cookie carrasco but um yeah i mean we we have a great team there's no denying it and i think um you know, I used to hear it when I was here, actually, in those 18, 19 years, you know, how special this is a special team. And that's what I'm hearing in New York of people who have been rooting for the fans for lots of years. They say that this Mets team is special and, and you can uh, you can feel it. You know, we have on paper the potential to to do special things. Now, playing in New York is special, but playing at the same time where both teams are looking to win the World Series. What has that been like? And, of course, Aaron Judge is going for the American League record, the Yankee yeah. record. I'm sure you guys hear a lot about that, too. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's it's uh, New York is buzzing right now. It's a, it's a baseball town right now, and um, it's it's fun. It makes, it makes coming to the ballpark a lot of fun. There's a lot of excitement when you show up every day and 
it's like a packed house every night. It's it's crazy. It's it's um it's something, and that's that's what I signed up for. It's exactly what I what I hoped for. So I'm I'm so glad it's it's worked out for us this year. Well, I've unfortunately had to do a lot of these this year. Matt Chapman came to town. Matt Olson came to town. We just did one with Liam Hendricks. But with you, you know, where I live in San Jose, where you grew up, it was always special highlighting you, knowing where you came from. And I still run into people who are friends with your parents. Uh, but we're always going to root for you. We're always going to think of you as, as a great A. And with all the A's influence here with the New York Mets, we're, we're going to be rooting for you guys down the stretch and in the postseason. Good luck to you, and hopefully you can come away with that ring. Well, thank you. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be back and great to see you and, and everybody here. It's it's. Uh, I don't take this lightly. This is a big weekend for me. No doubt. This is big for him. And a lot of family and friends are going to be here supporting Mark Canna, local product. You know, that time where you got two guys like Marcus Simeon and Mark Canna, who both grew up in the area, both went to Cal, starred at Cal. And to think that they were on the same team for that many years, who would have thought? But it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to see these guys. And, and, knowing that we have fireworks tonight uh treehouse is open right now for happy hour that it will be a, a nice crowd and they'll get a nice standing ovation obviously uh bass will be down in the bullpen but you'll have mark canna when he steps up the plate i hope we give him a nice long ovation because i'll never forget when he showed up like, he's a Rule 5 guy. What's he going to play? Can he play third? Can he play? Is he going to fir first base, DH? And to think, next thing you know, he would be an outfielder. Think of all the games that Mark Canna played in center field. It's just crazy. No one would have ever thought it. But that just showed you what kind of athlete he is, what kind of player he is. And it's really, we gave him the nickname. Duct tape, and he loved that nickname. Bob Melvin loved that nickname. Because it's like wherever you had a problem, you need him go to right, you need him go to left, you need him go to center, got to have him DH. Chris Davis went down, he's going to get more at-bats at DH. Wherever the A's needed Mark Canna, he stepped in and he did the job and he helped out. He's duct tape. You got a problem, he would fix it. Where I, I've lost track. Has, has Aaron Judge had his at bat yet? We we we've had some technical problems going on here at the Coliseum. Uh, where are we with Aaron Judge? I will bring him up right now. Well, there's a picture of him on the front. Did he hit a home run? We're looking at MLB.com right now. The Apple TV Plus game. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't hear what they did with that. If you, and it's part of the problem with the streaming. Do we update? It, he has one at bat, one strikeout. Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering, Che, look up to see what they did with the broadcast team because I know they weren't going to switch the game to the Yes Network. Apple has paid too much money. This is the future of baseball. These platforms are going to be having a lot of games, and the fact that. With all the money they've spent, now they could have a big game like Aaron Judge against the Red Sox from Yankee Stadium. There's no way they were giving it up, and there was no way baseball was going to want to get involved in that. 
Baseball knows where the future is. But the question, and which totally made sense, is if we're going to have a historic home run like this, you want the Yankee announcers on it. You don't want the Apple Plus, really the MLB Network guys on it. No offense to Steven Nelson. We've had him on this program. Great guy. Hunter Pence, we've had on this program. Also another great guy. But Steven Nelson and Hunter Pence on the call of this This is going to be historic. You're going to tie Roger Maris. You're going to then hit another home run. And you're going to set the American League record. And then that's when the debate will truly be on. There will be a major debate about this. And I know a lot of people, they want to skirt around it and they don't want to have the opinion and they want to sidestep it and they just want to say, ah, it's in the record books and ah, it happened. And we just had that with Eno. And I've had it with multiple people. And I laugh. That's the easy route. The easy route is to not deal with right and wrong. That's the easy route. That's why I joke. And I'm going to continue to throw the joke out and, and I'll do it to these people, and it'd be like, oh, my God, it's like the Ten Commandments. Moses brought it down from the mountain, the Ten Commandments, and the baseball record books, and it can't be changed. My ass, anything can be changed. We've changed laws in this country because we knew the laws were wrong. We've changed them for the betterment of people. If we do that, we can change the baseball record books. But I'm not necessarily saying that we do need to change the baseball record books, but we do need to acknowledge what this man is doing is historic and what happened in that four-year period. It's a four-year period. Hadn't seen it since, Ruth. Hadn't seen it after until now. A four-year period of three guys. It was three guys. It was Bonds. McGuire, and it was Sosa, and it was a brief period in time. It'd probably be a different conversation if what we thought, remember what we thought back then. We thought this was now going to happen all the time. That was the belief. You think Barry would do it again? Barry never hit 50 home runs in his career except one year. You got Mark McGuire is just going to hit 60-plus home runs every single year. Sammy Sosa would do that. Nope. It's a four-year period. That's it. And we haven't seen it until now. That's how out of whack that time was, and we know it was wrong. It was aided by drugs. That's why it's so tough that, like, I sit here, and I'm kind of the tweener. I see myself as the tweener here at my age. Yes, I lived it. Yes, I covered it. I worked at KMBR, the giant station, the flagship, when Barry Bonds, I was part of the morning show, when Barry Bonds, that was a wild year. You know, I, I hear a lot of people who comment on it. They weren't even here in the Bay Area when it happened. September 11th happened. Does anybody, you know, we remember that. Does anybody remember what was going on in baseball with that? Barry Bonds was in Houston at the time. I remember my boss called me. I had to call the flagship station of the Astros saying, have you guys heard what's going to happen? And they, I felt horrible doing it. And I remember the guy was like, are you kidding me? You know what's happening in New York? You're worried about if Bonds is going to play? Guy kind of scolded me. I'll never forget that. 
But yeah, September 11th had happened. We had stopped playing baseball. Barry Bonds' pursuit of, of Mark McGuire was halted. But yeah, over at KMBR, we were living that every single day, every single morning. I'm playing the highlights. I was doing, I mean, I went all through that. I was standing, if you remember that final day. Remember, Bonds hit 71 72, breaks the record on the Friday night against the Dodgers, does not play. On the on the Saturday, takes the day off, comes back on Sunday. Do we remember what was going on then? Well, that's when we started our war against Iraq. The retaliation for September 11th started on that day, and Bonds in his first at bat against the knuckleballer Springer. I was standing behind home plate when it happened. Whack! Number 73. I saw it with my own eyes. I was right there behind home plate. I was doing the Giants pre and post game show that day. Lived it. And knew it was wrong. Now, for my job's sake, I wasn't going to say anything. I was too young in my career. I would have been fired on the spot. But we, everybody knew. Everybody knew it was wrong. Fans didn't care. So that's where I'm kind of in. The, I'm in that age group that. I'm not going to say that I was young enough and that I was a kid and that I saw it and it was incredible and it was the most amazing thing. We were over that by that point. I was naive when it happened with McGuire and Sosa, but a couple of years later, we now knew exactly what was going on. I would like to think what's going on is magical and that this number 60 is magical. And and, And to be honest with you, Kind of to hell with the record books. What even are the record books anymore? Were they web pages now? It's all baseball reference. Which war do we care about? Do we care about the baseball reference war, the fan graphs war? Do people even have? Do people even have record books anymore? I know we they still print them. They're archaic. They don't even sell them at bookstores anymore. I think they still get sent to some teams. I think I've seen one floating around here. But yeah, I mean, it, put it this way. It distorted the number one thing in our game, which was the home run record. The overall record and the season, uh, the single season record. They were the two biggest records. And it distorted it. And it's robbed us as baseball fans. And let's say this it's robbed this generation's baseball fans, young baseball fans, to have what you thought was real back in the day as a kid with McGuire and Sosa and Bonds. And you lived it and you thought it was incredible. But now it's cheapened. Does anybody really walk around? Like, like we've now seen Barry a couple times at the ballpark this year over at uh, Oracle Park when re- uh, the retirement of Will Clark's number, Hunter Pence going on the wall, Barry Bonds is there. Barry obviously is a great player. Barry is one of the greatest players of all time. Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, no question. But does anybody really at this point really walk around and think 73 special? I'm not old enough to be with the Brian Kinney's of the world, like on MLB Now today where they were talking about, oh, you know, it it was Roger Maris, but then, oh, my God, Mickey Mantle could have done it. I I wasn't alive. I don't remember it. I wasn't alive. I do respect it, but I'm old enough to not be too far away from that, and I'm still, and I lived and covered the home run race of 
McGuire, Sosa, and then Bonds. I think like I'm a tweener. It's like I, I, I understand how the old guys feel, and I think they're right. But then again, I understand how the younger generation feels. It was something that you lived, and you thought it was the coolest thing you've ever seen, and you're not going to forget it. That's why I said it last week. I'll say it again. At some point, we judge eras of baseball. And at some point, we will not be here. And years from now, there will be baseball fans and baseball historians that will judge that, and they will not judge us kindly. We will look like absolute buffoons the way we handle this. The powers that be in the, in the commissioner's office, the record book debate, right and wrong and not dealing with right and wrong. So we can all sit here now as we like to do in baseball and be like, it's in the record books. But people will look back now and go, you guys clearly knew it was wrong. What the hell were you talking about that that's the record? I mean, does anybody really proud and really stand up and say, yeah, Barry Bonds is the all-time home run leader. Yes, Barry Bonds is the all-time single season home run record holder. Yeah, you can cop out and you can say it's in the books. That's easy. That's the old what the commissioner's office did and swipe it under the rug. And there's the whole story about Hank Aaron. Story about Hank Aaron wouldn't do a commercial with Barry Bonds even though there was a lot of money involved, I think it was a Coca-Cola commercial, he wouldn't do it actually with Barry. He'd be in the commercial, but he wasn't going to do it with Barry. As you saw, Hank Aaron never followed Barry Bonds around, never would get involved in any of that because he knew, and he, that's how he felt. And in the end, he'd do the commercial, he'd make the money, and I believe it was a Super Bowl commercial, but uh, good for him, but he would not do it with Barry. The parts had to be done separately. It's sad. This should be a celebration. This should be a time I should be like, we should be, put it this way, we are a major league baseball team, right? You got a guy that's going for the home run record, and if you could see us, can, are we on? Can you see us? You can't see us? Right now we are airing, we're airing, who is that? It's Philly and who? It's Philly and the Braves? Yes. We're, not, we're a major league baseball team. To tell you how pathetic this is. We're a Major League Baseball team having a happy hour party before our game today. And we're not even airing Yankees Red Sox where history could be made. That's how much this thing has been cheapened. I can guarantee you if this was history being made, and actually it's not on us, this is actually on MLB Network. Because once again, the game's on Apple TV. I mean, the whole thing's crazy. It's on Apple TV. Can you just imagine if we went back to McGuire, Sosa, this not being everywhere, anywhere, everyone breaking in nationally, can't wait. It's the biggest story. Can you imagine? Where we are now is, ah, MLB Network, what games we got on. It's just sad because I wish these young kids who love baseball today would have the opportunity to see history because this really is history. This is real history. This is not drug-induced history. You know, if you won a gold medal and got away with it, still tarnished. Yeah, you got to keep the gold medal. There's been people who've won gold medals who are they won it because because of uh, steroids, but it's tarnished. 
you know, there's, you know, the fastest, we've had multiple guys be fastest men in the world. They did it. They were on the track. They ran those times. But then it gets, you know, but in the Olympics, they actually have the nerve and they have the balls. They actually strip you of your records and of your medals. I don't know if you have to give the medals back, but they strip you of your place in history. And that way, you, that's why if you're clean and you do it, you can stand on that medal platform and you can be proud. I, I, I'm just one guy. And I just wish today I could really enjoy the at-bats. Like, I forgot. I mean, I was like, what's the at-bat? What's he done? When's his next at-bat? I wish I could have that because that's something that should be celebrated in our game. Unfortunately, right now, it is not. We will celebrate it, though. We will talk about it. It's a great achievement. The guy is having an unbelievable year. All right, coming up next, it's the Mark Kotze Show right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Time now for the Mark Kotze Show here on A's Cast Live, and it's brought to you by Nest Betting. Check out their location, Albany, Berkeley, or you go online, nestbetting.com. Love where you sleep. For all your mattress, your bedding, your pillows, your sheets, you name it, for all your bedding needs, and you use the coupon code OAKLAND to get 10% off your entire order, go to nestbedding.com. Mark, how are you today? Doing outstanding, Tony. You know, just a couple hours and I was in this chair and a, a numb left side of my face. So I hope this goes well. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? You look fabulous. No one could tell. But I got to think for you, the way your team played against Seattle, a nice two or three, you had to be pretty happy. Yeah, you know, it was a great series for us. Um, as we talk about, you know, over this last month, we're playing, you know, some really good baseball teams, some playoff teams, and uh, and they're one of them. And, uh, you know, to take a series uh, here at home against against that club that that's pretty much done a, a really good job of playing baseball against us over the last, you know, 25, 30-plus games, really, 
um, you know, we felt good about the about the series. You know, I think about one guy in your lineup who has just been – I mean, he's been fantastic. You know, right before the start of September, then all the way through September. I mean, you just can't say enough about what Tony Kemp has been giving you at the top of the lineup. His numbers are some of the best in baseball. Uh, what's it been like and how easy has it been just writing his name in every single day at top of the lineup? Yeah, there's no question Tony's uh, – second half has, has really been great to watch. Um, you know, he's having a lot of fun playing the game again, and uh, it's it's the Tony that we're used to, to watching, really, um, over the last couple seasons here in Oakland, the excitement that he brings to this club. Uh, you know, he's, he's obviously a, a spark plug at the top of the lineup, and, uh, you know, hopefully these, uh, these last 13 games he continues uh, to have the success he's having and, and helping us win games. Yeah, because just talk about what that means when you have a guy at the top of the order who's so productive, just not from a standpoint of getting on base, but also he's driving in runs. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, that that's a big bonus as you talk about. Uh, you know, you want, you know, the hitters obviously at the top of the lineup um, to to really, you know, lead the offense. And, uh, and I think we've had, you know, three guys up there uh, of late that have done that. You know, you talk about Tony, you talk about Sean Murphy, and uh, you can throw, you know, Seth Brown in that mix. So, um, you know, they've done a nice job of, uh, of of helping this team and impacting this offense. You know, Seth Brown has all the power in the world, but for him to be more productive, less strikeouts, more balls in play, he already has that natural power. How do you work on a guy that, you know, you don't need to have that effort to get it out. It will go out. But, you know, if he does not strike out as much and he puts the ball in play and he gets more hits, I mean, his 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 numbers, as we've seen, just go dramatically up. Yeah, they do. And that's just part of the learning curve as a, as a hitter, um, you know, for Brown. he uh, He's making some adjustments with that. Um, I think he has kind of cut his strikeouts down. Um, I don't have the data in front of me to, to, to say that for fact, but, um, you know, it, it, you don't ever want to sacrifice the power either. And you look at another hitter in our lineup that has started driving the baseball a little bit more. And that's, that's machine machine now has some extra base hits balls coming off his bat a little bit. He's getting a little more aggressive, uh, you know, in zone with, with that swing and that mentality. Um, so a combination of the two is obviously the ideal world, but, for Browning, the production does come with the slug. You mentioned Vial Machine, and we've highlighted him a, a few times in the postgame show. And you start to look at what his average is with runners in scoring position. You look what he's done for you at third base. Just what has he done for himself, for the future, for his future in this game, the way he's played for you? Yeah, you know, I think he's definitely uh, earned this opportunity to to, to – stay here and be a part of this, um, you know, in the future. And uh, the performance continues to, to um, trend on the, on the upward side, as you talk about. And, uh, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for guys that, you know, uh, are earning their opportunities to be a part of this club next year. Um, and for Machine, I think, you know, offensively, um, we've seen nothing but growth. And on the defensive side, you know, he's a solid defender now. And, uh, and he's improving every day. Um, you know, one of the things we'll talk about with Machine this offseason is, is just training on the agility and the speed and, uh, and trying to get that first step and that quickness uh, improved. 
uh, from that range, you know, standpoint. And uh, but outside of that, I'm real, real pleased with with the way Machine has, has had uh, a successful year this year. You know, you've used so many players this year. Obviously, it's a record for Oakland, whether we're talking players, rookie players. But just how tough is it when you get the news of certain guys like a Ramon Laureano, that guys that are not going to be able to finish with you and they're done for the rest of the season because of injuries? Yeah, you know, it is disappointing in, in terms of, I think, if I'm thinking about it from a player standpoint, you always want to finish the season. So, you know, having conversations with those guys, continuing to motivate them, continuing to, to just stress that, you know, this offseason is important, that they get healthy, that they take care of the injuries. Um, you know, and, and yet, you know, there are certain guys that, that aren't going to finish the season that still had really successful seasons. And, you know, those two guys that I'm thinking about top of my head are Danny Jimenez and Zach Jackson, you know, two relievers that really impacted our bullpen. Um, there was no expectation to start the season that either one of those guys would close out major league games. And, uh, and once Lou was traded, um, or when Lou went down with COVID, Danny stepped in and then, you know, Zach stepped in. So uh, even though those guys are, aren't going to finish the season, um, they are building themselves and they are already starting that process of rehabilitation and, and strength. And they will start throwing a baseball, which is positive. So uh, even though they're not finishing it out uh, in, in, a, in game competition, uh, I still see their years as a real positive. Let's go back to spring training, and I remember the last interview I did with you was in the dugout before we left Arizona, and if I would have said to you then, all right, Cots, last month of the season, your one-two punch out of the pen is going to be Puck and Acevedo, what would you have said to me down there in the dugout in Arizona? I would have said that's great. I really would have, Tony. I would have said that's right where we want them to be, um, you know, and and the reason I say that is because it was a youthful pin and we had some yeah. growing up to do and we need these guys to step up and be a part of this future. And for both of those guys that you just mentioned, uh, to see them out there in the leverage, see them out there in the eighth and the ninth inning getting outs, um, that, that says a lot about just the work they put in, the confidence they've built throughout the season and the success they've had. You knew this was going to kind of be a crazy year. So I, I, I I'm, I'm kind of thinking you're not shocked by anything. <laughs> I'm not, actually. I'm not. You know, when the spring training, when we started making moves and changing the dynamic of the ball club, um, really at that point, my mindset was just, hey, you know, worry or just worry about the controllables. Like if there's things that you can't control that are going to happen this season, do not stress out about that. Just focus on, you know, the day coming in here with a good positive, you know, attitude and energy and, and, and making sure that these guys are prepared to win every day. And so whatever else happens is out of your control. And really, I think that's the mindset that I've had <clears throat> all the way through this season. Has it been tough or, or were you just sent from spring training on knowing, Hey, this is how it's going to be. No, it's obviously, you know, there's tough days. Um, you, you never know how it's really going to be. Um, you know, until until you, you finish, and then you look back at your year and you evaluate it. And uh, you know, obviously, at this point, um, you know, there's there's dissatisfaction with the, the the lack of wins and our ability to make the postseason. Um, you know, but at the same point, 
you have to look at all the positives that we've we've kind of discovered uh, throughout this season that we've already talked about. You know, the progress that we've made with some of these young players that are learning how to play the game at the major league level and learning how to win here. How proud are you of your staff, all the teaching you guys have done this year? I think our staff's done a great job. Um, really proud of them. The work ethic is, is you know, off the charts. It always has been. Um, you know, as you know, most of these guys were here as coaches with me. And, uh, you know, outside of Chris Crone and, um, and Brad Osmus, uh, two guys that I had relationships with and brought into the staff that I knew would fit, um, I think that uh, the work we put in this year, uh, you know, it may not show in the wins category, but it, it's going to show in, in definitely uh, in the years to come in terms of these players' success. You know, seeing certain guys – that were A's and other uniforms, you just go, wow. But I think the next couple days, knowing that the stories and knowing, like, a guy like Mark Canna, where he was a Rule 5 guy, no one knew, like, what's he going to play? How's he going to fit in? Will he even be here? And then next thing you know, Mark Canna is your longest tenured player. Chris Bassett coming over in the trade with the Chicago White Sox, the setback of Tommy John, and that was a long, you know, a long trial there to then become the ace and become an all-star. And how much these guys just loved being A's and just loved the process. You could say the Atlanta Braves when I came in the league with Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, three Hall of Famers in a weekend, you know. Yeah, that was fun. So uh, these three that we're facing this weekend are definitely at the top of their game and uh, – you know, we'll we'll do our best to go out and, and beat them. No, it's not ready yet. What is, the, what is the key for these young guys when they do get in these matchups? And think back to a young Marcazzi where all of a sudden, oh, my God, it's it's Maddox, it's Glavin, it's Moult. Like, what is the key for success for these young guys? <laughs> We're going to get you that answer, but we got Tyler here getting ready for today's baseball game. And uh, great to have you, Bay Area kid, playing in the Bay Area. Like, this has got to be a dream for you. Yeah, you're not kidding when you say it's a dream. Uh, currently living it, um, dreamt of it, yeah. and now it's, it's full coming to fruition, and I'm just soaking it all in every day. Now you grew up in Fremont, right? I did, yeah, yeah, Fremont. So were you an A's or a Giants guy growing up? Uh, both. You know, in, in my time, I was in uh, – I'm 29, so when I was growing up, the – the Giants were winning World Series. And yeah. if you didn't hop on that bandwagon, are you really from the Bay Area, right? But I had A's and Giants memorabilia in my house. Um, preferably the A's games are easier to get to. I could hop on BART. You know, I'm here in 25 minutes. So I would say I went to more A's games and Giants games. Right That's now. awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, being back home and playing, I mean, you came here as a kid. You came here with family and friends. Now they're coming to see you play. Just take us through that experience. Yeah, it's, uh, it's obviously, like I said, it's a dream come true. Um, now that my family's here, it's it's even more surreal, right? I'm in, able to enjoy that with them. Uh, when my mom was on paternity leave, she came to the game with me in her stomach. <laughs> so it's, it's full circle, literally, right? Yeah. Um, and and kind of like you stated, it's just the community is even more tighter, right? I'm able to see some people I haven't seen in a while, uh, hug my family, and uh, it seems like every time I walk out on the field, someone's screaming my last name correctly. Yeah, um, and and saying hey, you know, shouting out my high school or Fremont guy, right? So yeah, no it, doubt. it's definitely warm and fuzzy when I come and play here in Oakland. We've had quite a few Fremont guys come through here, and it's been like a lot of fun because, you know, 
there's just something about having that connection, being at home, playing at home. We've had, we've had over 20,000 people play in Major League Baseball. Most, most guys never get this experience. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, so whenever you say stuff like that, it really hits home. And then also uh, not only you know being able to represent Fremont on this side of the bay, on the East Bay, is even more spectacular. I think right now currently uh, we have seven or eight guys on the active roster on MLB teams that are from Fremont. So, and they're all around my age. Which you guys is, all played against each we other, We all right? played against e each other or played with each other. Uh, it's a testament to, to not only, you know, us, but also the people who are around us as young people and to show that the community lifted us up and, and we're able to play solid baseball throughout. So, it's awesome. So, for you right now, what is it like down this stretch? Because you're getting a chance and you're going to get more chances to pitch some big innings. Yeah, it's awesome. I think in this game, the biggest thing is opportunity. Yeah. Um, and right now, it seems like I'm getting an opportunity to showcase what I have. Um, and I wish I would have had this opportunity years ago, but sometimes it doesn't work out like that. And you just have to continue your process, stick to what you know you're good at. And it's awesome now to see some of those benefits in front of me. Um, and if anything, it makes you more hungry. It makes you want to take care of your body more, uh, turn over every little stone that you may have not turned over. And... and it's even more prideful wearing Oakland across my chest. So I'm just super grateful for the opportunity, like you said. I'm going to continue to put pressure on uh, the front office here to continue to give me opportunities, and that's all I could ask for. Yeah, force your way. I love it. And mm -hmm. what you just said is something I've been saying, not only on this show, but on also do the postgame show. As I said, I think it's key to bring guys up, to give them the nibble of the carrot, to know what it's like to be on the jet, to be in the hotels, to understand the big league lifestyle. So this offseason, it's just not physically working for it. It's mentally working for it because now you know what it's like to be at the top. 100%. Like you said, you get a taste of it, you want more. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm getting a taste of it, and I think it just makes me more hungry. Like you said, going into the offseason, uh, it's hard for me to unwind. I always want to play baseball. I want to keep playing baseball for another three more months. So this offseason, getting a taste of this and getting in a good routine, I could kind of take notes and learn and ask questions that I may not be able to ask if I was, you know, in, in Vegas or wherever, right? So it's super valuable being here. Uh, I want to be a fly on the wall, and I want to absorb as much information as I can. It doesn't matter if you're 21 or 29. You're still going to go through the same growing pains. I think now that I'm 29 years old, I'm a little more mature, and I could soak in more and filter out some things that I may not have been able to do when I was a younger man. What happened in Philly? It's like you made your debut and then it was over. What happened? Yeah, uh, I was just as shocked as everyone, to be honest. Um, I thought I was throwing the ball really well for them in AAA. Um, I think at the time it came down to the bullpen being extremely strapped and having no length. Um, and then on top of it, they need to win now. Uh, I don't. I think that team hasn't made the playoffs since 2002, maybe. Uh, it's been a while. So I think at that time they needed length in the bullpen, and uh, unfortunately I was the odd man out. Um, and it's, it's so weird to say this, but thankfully I was the odd man out. I'm home, yeah. uh, and and I get an opportunity here. And um, I think everything happens for a reason. And um, I'm almost. I'm like I said. I'm glad that it happened. Uh, because I was shocked. I was taken back. I didn't know how to respond. Um, and then when you get the phone call saying that you got claimed by the A's, it's just full full circle. Um, and it made me want to made me want to focus on more, right, and, and work harder and, and establish myself and get an opportunity. 
versus just getting there. Getting there was the hardest part, right? Now it's all about staying there and making sure that the stuff that you have plays at the big league level. So you pitched for Vegas. You pitched in Sacramento too, right? Yeah. All right, so I try and tell people because we look at these numbers, and I got to do a minor league report every day during the actual broadcast. No one's that good hitting and no one's that bad pitching. I mean, it's just like it's like it's hard for us to look at because some hitters look like they're the greatest hitters you've ever seen. We always joke Fran Reardon has the best offense of all time. How tough is it? You're pitching in dry air. You're pitching in elevation. It's like the worst-case scenario almost everywhere you go. Yeah, so for people at home that don't really know exactly what that means, um, essentially when we're at sea level, when we throw the baseball, it gets more creative with the spin of the ball and through space, a.k.a. when you let go of the ball, it's able to move and create bigger movement profiles, right, on your pitches. When you go to altitude, the air is thinner. So at that point, when you release the ball, the movement profile profiles are going to be less, which then creates less distance when you want to create movement. Um, on top of that, on the flip side, when you hit a ball, it goes farther because the air is thinner. Yeah, if you right? ever played golf in Tahoe or Reno, you know a you know. ball flies. Yes, that's why I get a little lower scores when I'm at altitude. Um, so that's the best way to explain it. And um, when it comes to trying to break it down and process things, I think it's more so looking at the overall body of work, right? Okay, are you getting ahead and are you finishing, guys? I think if you could get ahead in the PCL, you're going to have some success. Yeah, numbers are going to be inflated, um, but when you get ahead and then you finish, guys, you're going to have success. The biggest thing is not to get deterred by the ball flying out of the park due to certain elements. Um, and also don't change yourself because when you're at altitude, you're still the same pitcher. When you're at sea level, your stuff's going to play just as fine. So I always try to tell guys ground balls don't go out. You know, and I always had that mentality when I pitched in the PCL, ground balls don't go out. So if I could get them to hit the ball on the ground, we're in a good spot. And like you said, it is hard to look at someone's numbers in the PCL and, and understand, wow, this guy, this, they're calling up this guy, right? Because numbers are inflated. And yeah. I think you have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, and then obviously there are some freaks out there that put up ridiculous numbers, and they deserve that opportunity, right? Um, but let's face the facts, it's very hard to do that in the PCL. Well, think about from hitters. I got, well, the guy's hitting 340, and what do you mean he's only hitting 230 now? He was hitting 340. Uh, it's a little bit different. Uh, the next three days, our old guy, Chris Bassett, going to Grom Scherzer. I have said for the young guys, this is what you've dreamt about, right? You're facing the best of the best. From a pitching standpoint, when you face certain hitters, you've dreamed about facing these guys. What that, what's that been like for you? It's been awesome. Uh, it, like I kind of stated earlier, it makes you want to focus more on what you're really good at and exploit those things. Um, and then when we have the opportunity to, to look up and face these guys in the box, it makes you want it more. Because if you're able to get these guys out at a high level, you're essentially able to do anything. Um, and on the flip side for hitters, when they look up and they see – Bassett, DeGrom, Scherzer, it makes you want it a little more. You're focused a little more when you're facing the best you in the world. You better be ready to rock. You better be ready. You better make sure you're hydrated, have your coffee, or to do whatever you need to do because they're coming at you every fifth day. And uh, that's something that I want to do as a reliever. I want to be, be able to pitch every single day, right? That's the goal, and come at hitters. And uh, watching those guys work, and, you know, we have some guys on our staff that do that as well. Um, there's levels to it, and, and to see those three, uh, this weekend is going to be an elite level of pitching. 
Well, it's awesome to have you on Likewise. the show first time. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. you know, being Bay Area guys, there's always something special about rooting for the Bay Area guys. So, And I love your mentality, man. Force them to that when we go down for spring training, we're doing this again down at Ho-Ho Camp Park. Exactly. Force exactly. your way. I exactly. love that. Make them take the jersey off your back. Make them take the ball out of your hand. That's the mentality you have to have. We appreciate it. Yeah. Good luck to you today. You and much. good luck in the series and appreciate the rest you. of the way. That's it, right? We're, we're out of here? Yeah, that's it. You're in it. It's a walk-off home run right there. Appreciate you. We want to thank everybody for watching and listening to A's Cast Live. We'll be back on Tuesday at 4 o'clock. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the fireworks. Enjoy A's baseball. And we'll see everybody back on Tuesday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Coliseum has gone by many names, but none better than The Last Dive Bar. Hi, everyone. Ken Korak here, and my friends at Last Dive Bar are helping us celebrate our longtime home. Last Dive Bar has the most unique merchandise for all Oakland baseball fans. T-shirts, sweatshirts, the Ray Fossey line, and my personal favorite, the lights have taken full effect. Visit their website at lastdivebar.com or follow them on social media at Last Dive Bar. All proceeds are invested back into the A's Community Fund and their affiliated charities. Go to lastdivebar.com. That's Last Dive Bar. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.